Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us for this Good Friday service under obvious, obviously unusual circumstances. Uh, my name is Drew Bennett. I'm one of the pastors here at Redeemer City Church, and it's a, really a joy to be with you uh, during this service. I just want us to read from one short verse from Paul in his letter to the Galatians about the cross. It says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Uh, this is God's word. You know, on Good Friday, it's hard to know what emotions you should express. Should you feel sad or happy? The Apostle Paul really helps us here. He says that the appropriate emotional response to the cross as we celebrate it today is to be boasting. Now, it's a strange word to use because we normally think of boasting as a negative thing, as something sinful, but Paul has something very specific in mind. He's describing what historians call a ritual boast, which is something like this. If you've ever watched um, the Mel Gibson movie Braveheart, there's a scene in the movie where the army, the Scottish army, is lined up against the English army, and they look across the battlefield. They see the size of the army that they're about to go against and begin to lose heart. Some of the men begin to leave and go home, and then the hero, William Wallace, rides in covered in war paint and armed to the teeth, and he rallies uh, the men to the cause. He rides back and forth along the battle line and cheers them on and tells them that they're going to win and whips them up into a frenzy and they find their courage and then they charge off into battle, these men who just minutes before were ready to leave and go back home. That is a boast, a ritual boast. Or if you've ever watched before a professional football game when the players, they huddle together in the pregame huddle and they psych one another up and hit one another in the helmet and push one another around and get one another geared up and psyched up to go out and to fight on the field. That is a ritual boast. And it's what Paul is talking about here when he tells us that we should be people boasting like that, except only in this one thing, the cross of the Lord Jesus. You see, your boast is the thing that fills you with confidence and courage to go out into the world. It's the thing that lets you know everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay because fill in the blank. How would you fill in the blank? What is it for you? Is it work success? Is it a relationship? Is it the bank account balance? Does your confidence come from being able to control your circumstances? Well, if so, what happens when you're not in control? Or when the stock market crashes? Or when you can't work? Do you lose courage? Because that's what's happening to us right now. It's why there's so much anxiety and restlessness among so many people. Our boasts are failing us. But it's an opportunity we have in these days to learn to source our strength and perseverance in something else, in God's love for us in Christ Jesus. What is it that fills you with courage and makes you feel like everything's going to be okay? If you're a Christian, it should be the cross. The cross should be the thing that fills you with hope and joy and peace and then sends you out into the world to love God and to love others. And if it is, if it's the cross, then you'll be immune from all of the fear and the anxiety that we're currently experiencing. 
Because if all of the other stuff gets taken away, like it is right now, then you won't have any less courage because you're getting your courage from the cross and not from any other thing or circumstance. And that's the kind of people that the world needs for us to be right now. Not fearfully and selfishly shrinking back, but boldly and courageously moving out. Maybe not physically, but moving out to love and to serve others. And that is the power of the cross. It is a great, powerful work that Jesus has accomplished for you. And if you believe it becomes a great and powerful work he begins to accomplish in you. And my job is to show you exactly how that works, or at least a little bit of how that works, here from this uh, short verse in Galatians chapter 6. So look there with me as we look in more detail here. And what I want you to see is that in order to make you the kind of person that I just described, the cross has to first short-circuit your emotional wiring to get rid of the wrong kind of boasting in your life. The cross sends such an excessive spiritual electricity crackling through your life that it overloads the normal power source. That's what has to happen first. We're all boasting, but it's the wrong kind of boasting. We boast in ourselves. It's self-glorying that we're doing, relying on our own strength and our own goodness. And here's the interesting thing. Here's where Christianity really stands out from anything else that the culture knows or has seen, because both relativism and moralism produce this normal kind of boasting that has to be destroyed. That's the wrong kind. That's the kind that doesn't give you the strength and the courage that you need. They're alike in that way. Relativism and moralism. Irreligion and religion. But Christianity is something different because it creates a much different kind of boasting. Now, by irreligion or relativism, I mean the person who believes there is no God. That there are no moral absolutes. I live my own truth. I am the hero of my own story. These are the kinds of things you hear. And it's a distorted view of reality because it's a distorted view of, of God. And it results in self-glorying and an inflated sense of self because it's a boast. You think of the famous poem by William Ernest Henley, Invictus, uh, and the words of that poem. Listen again to these words. In the fell clutch of circumstance... I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Don't you hear it? You hear the boasting, don't you? I can do it on my own. Who needs God? I've got this figured out on my own. That's the way the irreligious person lives. It's a boast. But then there is religion. And the religious moralistic person also believes and suffers from a distorted view of God. Because they believe that God's love and favor have to be earned. In order to be right with God, I have to be right. I have to prove myself. I, I have to be better than everybody else. And the result, as you might imagine, is the exact same thing with the irreligious person. Self-glory, boasting, because, because I live with a deflated sense of self. And so it comes from insecurity 
and fear. Now this, in both cases here, this is Christianity something different because this is the boasting that the cross has to take away. And it's a good thing the cross would do that because neither relativism nor moralism work because they're both based on unreality. And it's an unreality that you can't escape. The irreligious person's boast is based on the assumption that they are enough. And that's simply not true. Look around. Look what's going on in the world right now. That way of living is failing people and our lives internally are falling apart because of it. But the religious person's boast is based on the assumption that they can be good enough. That they can indeed earn God's love and favor through their obedience and their, their religious fervor. But the reality is that's not true either. And there's something on the inside that knows it's not true. And it keeps bubbling up to the surface in our lives. So either way, either way, there's always this level of uncertainty and anxiety that make it extremely difficult, especially in times like this, to go out confidently into the world with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. But the cross... See, the cross, Paul says here, the cross, unlike in those systems, unlike in the system of irreligion or religion, the cross can rewire your inner life and produce the right kind of boasting. And I keep thinking, and I know I've said this to you before, but I can't seem to get away from the scene in the Gospels where Jesus and his disciples are on the boat and the storm comes up and the disciples panic because they don't have the confidence they need. Jesus does. He's asleep. But they, they lose it as soon as the winds and the waves come up. And the story tells us why. It says the storm that comes up on the sea is not the real storm. The real storm is what happens to them in the midst of that storm. What happens next? They wake Jesus up and they turn to him and they say, Lord, do you not care? You see, it's being separated from God's love. Not knowing that your life is in the hands of a God who is powerful enough and loving enough to save you, that's the real storm. And irreligion says, there's no loving God there to help you when the storm comes. Don't count on that. Religion says, you have to earn God's love. And you've been bad, so don't count on that either. And they both separate you from God's love, and that's why they can't give you the courage and the confidence that you need. But the cross is God's thunderous no to both. And John Stott, uh, the Englishman and theologian, said that if you look at the cross and you just ask why. I mean, all that we've been remembering tonight, all that, all that we've been uh, rehearsing in this service, if you ask why, there really are two answers. And the first is you look at the cross and you ask why. And the answer is, I did it. My sins sent him there. Contra-relativism. There is a God, and I have offended him, and I am not the hero. I am the villain. And the cross is his judgment against all of my sin. And so, if you believe that, then of course it's the end of all of the wrong kind of boasting. The cross is the end of that wrong kind of boasting. But if you look at the cross... And you ask why, there's a second answer according to John Stott. Not only I did it, my sin sent him there, but there's a, the second thing is, you could, you could answer that why question with this. He did it. 
His love sent him there. God's love sent him there. And so the, the message of the cross there for me is this. I'm loved. But it's an act of sheer grace. It has nothing to do with me. God's love comes to me because of Jesus, not because of anything I've done, not because of my own performance. And, of course, if you believe that, then that is also the end of the wrong kind of boasting. And that wrong boasting can be replaced by the right boasting that Paul points us to here, this boasting in the cross, which is very different. And it goes something like this. It's to say this, that I have no reason whatsoever to trust in myself. I am not enough. My strength is not strong enough. My goodness is not good enough to save me. If that's all I have, then I'm in big trouble. And I have no reason to trust in anything that I find in myself. But I have every reason, on the other hand, to trust in God's love for me and Jesus because it doesn't have anything to do with me. On the cross, Jesus died for my sins. He satisfied God's justice and he gives to me his righteousness as a gift, not earned. And so God's love for sinners, God's love for this sinner becomes my boast. I'm sinful and I'm loved no matter what, all at the same time. And that, it's that truth that truth produces an unshakable confidence in the people who truly believe it. And that confidence sounds something like this. If I could just point to another scripture in Romans chapter 8, which we read just this past, uh, the week before last in our community Bible reading. But listen to this. Listen to, listen to this boast. This is a boast, but it's unlike the boast of William Ernest Henley. It sounds completely different. Listen to Paul, who says, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? Shall coronavirus or financial collapse? No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure. Did you hear that? Listen to it. For I am sure, Paul said, that nothing, nothing in heaven or on earth, not even death itself, can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's the boast of the cross. And if you're drawing your spiritual energy source, excuse me, if you're drawing your spiritual energy from that source, the source of God's love for you, for you in your sin, God's love for sinners, then when the other stuff starts to get taken away, like it's happening with us now, it won't affect you. If you're internally connected to God's love for you and Jesus like this, then you will be emotionally disconnected from what's going on externally around you. And that's the rewiring that I've, that I've been trying to talk about. It's what Paul describes here in Galatians 6. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul says, I'm dead to the world because of my boast in the cross, and the world is dead to me. Have you ever heard anybody use that phrase? He's dead to the world. It usually refers to somebody who is so sleepy or distracted that they are completely oblivious to what's going on around them. 
So first thing in the morning, before you have your coffee, that's the idea. Except here, it refers to being so awake, so emotionally connected to the truth of God's love for sinners in your heart that you become completely unfazed by the storms that come up externally in your life. They don't change. Whatever's going on out there, it doesn't change anything on the inside. And so, even in the midst of a hard time, like the one we're going through right now, you can go out into that chaotic, scary world with humility and courage into whatever kind of suffering you're having to endure. And so what this text would tell us to do is this, rally your heart to courageously love God and others with the glorious good news of the cross as you're there as families or, or uh, you know, texting and, and, and connecting with friends online. Rally one another the way football players rally themselves before the game, the way William Wallace rallied the troops before the battle. Rally one another to courageously love God and others in this hard time with the glorious good news of the cross. Friends, we are more than conquerors, not just conquerors, more than conquerors, because nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. That's our boast. Because of what Jesus did in dying upon the cross on Good Friday for our sins. That's our boast. Amen? Let's pray. So, Father, thank you that today in this complex all the complex emotions we feel that we can celebrate the reality that you so love the world that you gave your only son. We look upon the cross and we say, I did that. It was my sins that sent him there. And it humbles us. And it causes us to be sad because the one we love had to die. To grieve because our sin is so serious and causes so much damage and pain. But at the same time, look at the cross and say, you did that. Your love is what sent him there and to rejoice that ones such as us are that loved by the Father in heaven. What glorious good news. What a tremendous uplift to our hearts. And so drive the truth, both those truths, the truths of our guilt and our sinfulness, and at the same time, your grace and our being loved. Drive them home to our hearts. Rewire the circuits uh, internally in our hearts so that we would be boasting in the right way and not in the wrong way and find in Jesus the courage to go out into the world to love you and love others knowing that whatever we encounter there doesn't matter what it is it cannot separate us from your love help us to live with that reality upon our souls and glorify you and the beautiful works that result. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.